We're back. It is the best damn league show, of course, for the best damn league. Debatable. Obviously, the LA, I mean, if you saw MSI, definitely not. Actually, factually, in no way correct. Scientifically, no. not the case. Not even really so, anyone's opinion that's the best, but we are back with the LEC. This is something interesting. So I was watching the Monty and Wolf show, and somebody linked me a timestamp where Wolf said that just because a team wins an international tournament doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best team or the best region. So. LEC could be the best. It could okay. be the best damn league. You know, okay. it depends on how how you view it. Because it's All only I'll one say, patch. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what I'll say about that is just keep that energy, Wolf. When you know, like damn one wins in twenty twenty. You know, basically when there's one Korean team wins, but then like LPL overalls the better region. Just keep that energy. By the way, I'm gonna have to really quickly run and get my drink because I'm on this fucking counter in the other room. So what about this then? Just initially, while I'm out the room, give me your thoughts actually on just how the LEC did at MSI. I'll be back in one minute. I think it's hard to to view the, the the lec as like a success at msi because they didn't win any matches there weren't there wasn't any like major upsets um but i mean overall i think you got exactly what you'd expected i mean mad lions run was kind of a fluke it was kind of a miracle run in uh in the spring split so I mean, that's that's kind of what you expected. G2 was the better team overall. I mean, if G2 just banned Gragas, they probably would have beat Mad Lions even in LEC. Um, and yeah, I mean, G2 showed up. They were the best team from LEC. But I think the, the thing that was a little bit concerning is that G2's lost some of their magic. Like there used to be this Caps magic that you'd hope for at international tournaments where he would somehow level up and be one of the best mids in the entire tournament. And Caps just looked, he just looked weak he, he just didn't look like he was on the same level as some of these other guys especially when you see a player like Yagao who everyone is shitting on going into the tournament um and, and you see Caps play against him you'd want to see him get the better of it but I just felt like Caps was uh was not really himself and the thing that was so interesting about G2 and, and watching them at MSI was that their best two players were probably Yike and BB which cannot be the case for this team to win like Yike and BB cannot be the best players on the team if this team is actually going to win internationally it has to be Hans and Caps carrying these games and they just didn't show up um as well as the counterparts right i let's just spin that into talking about the teams and cuz obviously we haven't seen anyone play yet in LEC summer it hasn't begun yet starts on Saturday and so what we'll do is we'll do sort of a preview but we do have the form of the teams previously and the teams that played MSI and there's some roster moves as well so let's just talk about G2 since you brought them up right i understand why everyone's going to pick this team to be the number one team we'll get to at the end of the episode they'll do a quick ranking of the teams and spoiler like you know me i have to i have to find those angles boys i can only, i'm like Hillasang. even if the angle isn't there i'm going to pick it i'm going to find it i'm going for it anyway i just i believe in the leap of faith so here's the question actually you hit one of the points right on the head there which is i'll tell you one thing i found a bit alarming about msi is it's just like what happened at the previous worlds as well i'm waiting the whole time like look any moment now caps is gonna have like a caps pop off on a caps pick and we're gonna realize why there's always a chance when you got caps in the server like you can always win a game especially you know if you're against like some of the lesser teams surely it's gonna happen and it never did and in fact if you even look how they draft this is something we talked about in the last split dom like when it was the first split the winter one there were games where it was just caps carries he'd be on like tristana made or something carried the whole game 
there was a whole bunch of games, even in the last split, where he was doing this, like, supportive champ mid shit. Like, it basically, to me, I'm getting almost those vibes, and we've had this discussion many times, like I did on that best Big Brain show. He gives me, like, Chovy vibes now, where, like, sometimes he just does, like, it's almost like I get the vibe he even likes these picks, and he wants to be the facilitator and stuff. But, look, it doesn't have to, like, be the carry in LEC, maybe. But I do think if they want to be the best, that's still one of the best ways to win the game. Because, you, I mean, you're watching the LPL, mate. When I watch the LPL, it's still just people just fucking gorilla stomping on like fucking Jason shit. Like there's a, <laughs> there's really strong mid champions you can pick and play around. So I hope we don't see that this shit, mate, this split. We can have it the odd game where he does it to help a comp, but I want caps to be, I want caps to go for the MVP. How about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the way that I used to view Caps is that he was the player that really left it all out there. Every time you'd watch a tournament, you'd feel like, damn, this guy like maxed out. He tried to do everything to win. And, you know, sometimes he would come up short and people would flame him. Sometimes he would pop off and he would be like the hero of Europe. But it feels like he's just safe now. He, he looks like one of those players that is trying to just like not look bad. Like they're, they're not, he's not yep. really taking the risks that you would need to do to win these series. Like it, it, the fact of the matter is this, if you're playing against BLG as G2, you're going to have to have him pop off. Like you're going to have to play your A game. You can't get away with playing a a, a B tier, a B game or, or like, you know, a C game and just get through because your team is better. You don't have the better team overall. So you need to rely on individual prowess and pop offs and, you know, unique champion picks and things like that. And it just never felt like he was was doing it. So it's kind of tough because I really want Caps to be like the GOAT. Like I want him to, to show up and just put the team on his back and just look like one of the best players. But it just feels like it's been so long since he's done that internationally. I mean, really the last time he did this was 2020, the Silas games versus, uh, versus yep. Gen G in, in quarterfinals. It's probably the last time I saw him actually look like that superstar. Um, and it's just, I, I just question if he still has it in him. Like, is he going to be able to do it now? I'll give him credit because in LEC, he was able to dip down in performance and have those pop-off games within the context text of LEC. So I have kind of like written him off before and he's came back. I just am not sure if he's if he's good enough at this point compared to how good like the, the Asian teams are, are getting because I think that's the biggest problem for you is that the Asian teams are progressing and it doesn't feel like the the um, European teams are progressing close to as fast. The other angle as well is this. Like, I actually do think this is the split, finally, by the way, where I'm actually going to judge, like, how Yike is just as a jungler. Like, in the other splits, I always gave the caveat bit that I actually wasn't shitting on him as a player. It's just that, like, you can tell the way the team sort of shielded him and nurtured him. It's actually very reminiscent of how Peter Dunn teams work rookies into the lineup. But the problem is, like, I want to get your take on this because I don't think we ever talked about her on the show. One thing I found a bit whack, you're the jungle expert, so give me your thoughts on this is even though he did actually play as one of the better players on G2, I'll give you that. Didn't he also have like the picks and the fucking setups and the, like the moves that like they essentially he got kills that sometimes weren't worth that much in the game, you know? Thoughts? I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like he's playing champions that kind of need to play like that a lot of the time anyway. Like when he's playing Kha'Zix, you kind of just have to play to get yourself ahead no matter how that is. Um, sure. You have to play a selfish game. Game. So I wasn't necessarily like disappointed with the way he played. Um, I mean, more the fan reaction. Like the fan reaction dude was like, he was 1v9 in the game and everyone else is shit. And it's like, bro, when you pick, that's like you're saying, when you both those picks, you're supposed to go for kills, you're supposed to invade, etc. Like, but here's the point. You put those kills onto like a fucking world-class jungle, they then transfer him to a lane they carry the game i i mean i think that that's his, his teammates just playing poorly in, in in major fights i mean you had caps 
not playing well in, in team fights. You had Hans just dying with like flash up or getting caught at random times. And as a jungler, there's not much you can do if your team is just has worse carries the, than the opponent. So I actually don't feel like he could do much in these games anyway because of what um, what was occurring. I mean, there's just a certain level. There's a certain standard that you need in team fights. You just can't get caught. You can't just die with summoners up. You have to be able to flash their engages. And if you don't do this, like jungle is just not not the role it used to be it's not like your graves and you can pretty much be the supplemental ad carry in one of these fights and take it over the same way you're kind of just at uh yeah your team's mercy here so i just feel like it, it was it was a tough circumstance because they were ahead but then the thing that's weird about g2 is when you saw them ahead even in the mad lions games for example so even when i remove how they played against you know the asian teams even when they played their 3-0 against mad lions it felt like and even when they played the wild card teams um when when they're playing through the play-in it felt like a lot of the games that they're ahead they're like throwing games where they're ahead which used to not be their thing they were the team that once they got ahead they would like they would stomp you in like 20 minutes they would just they were almost like that lpl team where they would just instantly win the game or like t1 for example is another example of a team that was really good at at snowballing their advantages and just turning it into a win it felt like g2 is now worse at that they'll they'll throw around baron though they don't know like when to start when to turn how to play around the objective like when they can even go for a fight compared to like when they actually need to you know play for drakes it just seems like they're something off about the way that they progress the games where i felt like that was their biggest strength was was how quickly they could go from like level one kills to like snowballing into drakes into heralds into fucking baron it just felt like the game was so streamlined before and somewhere along the way they've they've lost that ability to like cleanly snowball the games they should win right obviously the other reason why everyone's going to have g2 as the strongest team and the team that are the favorite to win is because just like the player strength is really really impressive like they have players in all the lanes basically even the rookie players being one of the better players just generally and one of the better rookies we've seen in a while so i've got a question that goes like this Obviously, a problem they potentially can have in G2 is when you have the three lanes you can carry through, sometimes you have to make the choice, sometimes you have to streamline the team. With how the meta looks right now and the patches we're on now, Dom, what do you think it's going to be? Is it going to be more of Broken Blade or more Hans Summer who has to be sort of played through? Uh, it's going to be Broken Blade on tanks, I think. I just think that it's just straight up how... It's how the best teams are playing and the tanks are just like things that, that BB was actually fine at. When you look at 2022 uh, spring, for example, when they made that run and they ended up beating Rogue, it was because he was able to play the Orn. They were playing the Odo picks and Odo was having to play Gwen into Orn. I think maybe BB will have those opportunities for like a Gwen angle if it's good, or maybe there'll be like certain Jax games if everything aligns. But if you're going to have to sacrifice one of the two, you're sacrificing the top later every single time with how the game is right now. Right, let's do one of the teams that has a player change, because I think this will be an interesting one. So obviously XL, look, they already over the last split also have been making the change anyway. They brought in Abidage, they got Limit instead of Targamas. We'll talk later about where Vethio went. But they've also made another change, which is Cersei, who was hev mega flamed, obviously, by pretty much everyone across the board. He's out, and this guy Peach is in, this Korean jungler. Right, what are your thoughts just on that initially? This is someone who basically, when I look it up, he used to play on like the DRX Academy team a few yep. years ago, and he was on UOL, who in like, I'm assuming like an ERL or some shit like that, or LCL yeah. or something. So is this a person, are you aware of him? Do you have any background info on him or what expectations we should have? I've won best of five of Peach um, in my entire life. I watched the EU Masters best of five. Can't even remember who they played against um, right now off the top of my head, but I watched one play from him where he 
was playing Vi, his top lane was mega stomping, and he just Q flashed into the turret, whiffed his Q flash, died, fed double buffs to the enemy laner, and just left. Like, that was that was all I saw out of this guy. So I'm not hopeful, to say the least, of, like, how good this guy is going to be. Also, I think that right now, when you look at the team, I can kind of understand the logic of bringing in a Korean jungler. You feel like there's not enough activity, so you're bringing in somebody who hopefully can be more active and just, like, force kind of random plays because you just didn't have that um that ability in in the previous team to actually force things on the map it seems like Xerxes was best at playing like stable games and around winning lanes and in general he was more of an efficiency based jungler so maybe you have somebody who's willing to make more plays now and it frees up some of the other uh players but i just can't imagine this team being good i, I can't imagine odo patrick and abadage like having that x factor that's going to make them a top tier team i just feel like they're in general they're too similar in terms of the way that they they play the game and in general, that is not a super effective way to play League of Legends right now. Obviously, if things change and we end up in a more like stable scaling control mage meta, maybe. But right now, the meta is like Gragas, Annie mid, playmaking mid laners, Ari. Like you're supposed to just play for, for early fights, play for Drake fights, play for Herald fights. And their coordination was awful in every type of like Drake fight, every uh, Baron fight. Anytime that they had to group up and like find picks or know who to engage on, that was just this team's ma major weakness. So I don't have much faith in, in XL. I mean, I, I don't think they'll be as bad. Like, I wouldn't predict them going 10th. Actually, I mean, I mean they could without go teasing it. Um, I might have picked them to go 10th, but we'll see. We'll see on that. Yeah, one. no, I mean, no, they could go 10th. Never mind. I, I stand corrected. Yeah, they're probably just the worst team. I mean, one of the problems they're going to have as a team when I look at it is they already, with those, like, even though those are all players who've been, like, among the top players at the three lanes of the top mid in the ADC, the supportive elements are just sus. Like, Limit's all right, but he's never really found the form of the old SK Limit and when he was with Crowny and that, like, that, even, like, briefly when he was in Schalke, he's never really found that again. Also, I don't know if he works that well with Patrick. That lane just generally didn't look that good in general, mate. Like, I don't hate on Patrick. He still seems like he was probably the best player on the team most of the time, but that doesn't say much. This team was really fucking bad. This team, even when they made the original one, was that classic thing of they are the, like, less than the sum of their parts. Some other players made each other worse. And then also, like, if you just look at the squad, like, I'd... I think people were really reaching on the Abidagi one. I can see why a team would take a chance on him. He's someone who's, had, who's been a good player in the past and has had strong performances. But you can tell, Dom, that people didn't watch Abidagi in fucking LCS that last year or so. Like, mate, even when they made some of those playoff runs, he would just be shit the whole split and then he would just sort of get it together sort of for some of the series. And even then, he was never the best mid for those last few ones. Like, I thought he was kind of... A, he looked a bit washed in LCS, to be frank. So I get that Vethio was doing so badly. And spoiler, if you haven't noticed yet, guys, the fucking Tim Ch Tim Reichardt guy was the Schalke guy. She so just brought all the Schalke boys back. That's all these <laughs> fucking limit. All these, uh, they're all back in the team now. So to me, it's like I, I get why they did the pickup. But people who thinking he was gonna like ride in like fucking Gandalf the White and save the day, I don't think it's gonna happen. So it, maybe he could be an okay mid laner. But what does an okay mid laner get you on this team? Probably like ninth or tenth. Like it's probably nothing. Yeah, I mean, also, the meta right now is playing a bunch of enchanters. It's playing Milio, Yumi, Lulu, Nami, like, Nami with Lucian. You're playing all these enchanters over and over again. If you're playing all these enchanters over and over again, Limit is one of the worst players to have on your team. Like, his whole strength was he was, like, the... He was a poor man version of Hilly with, like, the Nautilus, Leona, that type of stuff. And his advantage or, like, his talent was that he was able to find good roams and make plays around the map. 
just not available right now. Like people are just playing enchanters over and over again. So if that is how the game is structured and you have like a tank top player, your AD carry is like middle of the pack or lower. Middle of the pack is generous, right? Like if he plays well, I think he's middle of the pack. Then your support's not really an enchanter player. You have a new juggler that has potentially language barrier. I'm not sure. I mean, I think he's only been um, in UOL for like one split now or something. I just don't see how this team is going to be good. Like, how are they not going to just look the same as they looked last split where they're just out of sorts? You know, even if they get early leads, they can't close the game. It's just going to be the same team. Plus, you guys are all hearing, oh, they've got a Korean jungler, and you're thinking of, like, Malrang. So you're thinking, oh, Korean jungler, Peach. You're thinking, hmm, juicy. I'm just thinking, could just be arse. Straight <laughs> fire there, whatever, Instagram shout out. Okay. This is why I'm going to say that. But guys, the joke is, Malrang didn't actually make it in the long run. Like, he actually did decay split on split on split. They even sort of, like, timed it perfectly, where he had that one inspired low bracket run to win the fucking summer split last year. But beyond that, I actually do think that it's with good reason that people are very skeptical, particularly at jungle, to import Koreans. Because it's the role that, like, requires communication. It requires you to be on the same page. It requires you to understand, like, even concepts like you're playing in a more flawed sort of setup than in Korea. Like, you're not you're not playing in some fucking team where everyone's playing some high-level macro game. And it's like, you're not, you're actually, it's like the, the logic of why I always say people who watch pro player but who are bad in League of Legends, half the time they complain about being, like, stuck in, like, gold or whatever. It's like, you're not, you're actually trying to make, like, LPL players that, A, you couldn't pull off, and B, none of your teammates are on that level. Like, they couldn't do any of that shit. You actually have to, in some ways, like, play worse to actually win the game, if you know what I mean, at lower ranks. So to me, I'm always mega nervous about Koreans, particularly coming in at jungle, mate. That's the one position I think it's going to yeah. be so tough to make that work. People are going to think because the Malrangs of the world have done it or reign over or whatever, but the old school examples, like, it's going to work. Like if you can make it work, God bless. But I think it's, I think it's a hard role to go and put someone yeah. into. hundred percent. I mean, just look at one of the best junglers in the entire world, world champion Pioshik playing in TL. He just couldn't get over the language barrier on that team. He just wasn't able to communicate with his teammates because they're all Americans. So uh, that was just tough. You know, we've seen better players fail. So how is he going to succeed? Bro, I think Steve must have spent too much time around Reggie because he's caught whatever Reggie has where all of his fucking Asian imports are just ass me. Like this guy used to be one of the best ever at signing the big names. Now where the joke is, he just signs the big names. Like, mate, whatever agent signed off on that deal for pure shit. I bet he could barely even... Like, Oh, sorry. Are you okay? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I've got to sign my name. Fuck shit. Called it together. Sign the name. This is, yeah. We look, we look forward to another world's run with Team Liquid. Like, give me a break. Well, I mean, it's, it's also. Placed. He's just getting down. He's coming out the second hand car dealership, Dom. And they're like, oh, yeah, this bad boy here can fit all sorts of worlds and like LCK and everything. And then they get halfway down the road and he's been sold a lemon. There's all fucking, all bits of like wood shavings just popping out the engine. He's like, what the fuck? I thought this was a prime pure shake. It's like, nah, mate. Fucking car has gone transmission shit it's over mate. it's over it's just weird because when you look at, at the imports that, that you end up getting in lcos just just on this ta tangent it's like they pick the most flawed players out of asia to bring <laughs> no, them over it's like when you look at pioshik and you look at summit it's like these were the players that had the most like glaring weaknesses out of all the asian yes. players that they could have been potentially like playing with if you look at even uh, uh players like for example uh, like even even somebody like like Mowgli when he came over, he was somebody who 
made sense. Like he looked like he was a more complete player where Piotr gets like, okay, well he can kind of play around lanes, but he's like really fucking terribly mechanically sometimes. And he has like these massive things where that doesn't work in LCS. Like if you're going to succeed in LCS, if you're going to succeed in LEC, it seems like you have to have the complete game and then just like adapt to, to whatever the team is. Like you need to be able to carry when you need to carry. You just have to have all the aspects because you can't just exist within like, oh, I'm just going to do what I'm good at and everything else will come together. Like teams don't work like that over here, which is why I think you saw like Marong eventually like fall off why you know uh, Bo, who's like the mechanical genius like but he you know was was kind of a flipper he hasn't had that success it feels like you need the guy that's like that's got the all-around game or you're just fucking doomed when you when you're imported you can't rely on your your teammates who are not imports to cover for your weaknesses right obviously the team that was in theory the best lec team until like fucking the finals began was bds like bds was the team that almost won the split they had their amazing record even with losing it was a 3-2 final blah 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 all the rest of it mad lions just had that inspired run but i have to tell you dom even though they haven't had any roster moves and everyone's going to be loving the way they played in the last split like i actually think them losing that game five was the best thing that happened to those players and their mental health possible because bro everyone was loving flaming mad at that fucking msi Dude, if if BDS had gone to MSI, I think they would have gotten so exposed. It would be ridiculous. I think Crowley would have been in helmet. I don't think he would have been able to play the game. Like Adam would have been able to do nothing yeah. against the fucking players. Like it goes without saying, like Nook. Come on, mate. Even people like you go, they're way better than you, mate. Like, they're just way better than you. And they play with their team way better. Like, I, I think yeah. people like Crowdy and Chio would have been in hell, mate. They would have been I mean, in hell. We, we saw that Yagao was much better than Faker and Trovi, so of course he's going to be better than Nux. So it, it it is what it is. Look, on the bright side, it couldn't have gone much worse for BDS than it went for Mad. Mad didn't win a fucking game. They won 0-6. Oh, so like... big, Tom, I agree. Uh, in terms of the <laughs> results, it couldn't, but it'd be way worse to be BDS and have those results. I'd rather have Mad be the one getting fucking hit in the side of the head with a hockey puck, not me. Like I'd rather yeah. be going, oh, shit. Glad... Oh, that could have been me. Holy shit, I'm glad I'm at home watching. This is... this is... Yeah, go Mad. Go Mad. Go LEC. Yeah, no. <laughs> Also, as a fan of Europe, it's kind of good to see Mad lose because it's like, oh, they're just international chokers. I mean, we saw last year what happened when they played against yeah. EG 2020 Worlds. They didn't get out of planes. You can just cope yourself into being like, that's a mad problem. It doesn't reflect actually how good our region is. So yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, but BDS would have got shit on. There, there's no chance that they wouldn't get shit on. Also, I think it's going to be harder this split for them to repeat that performance because AD, like, if you look at a lot of the things that they did before, they relied on Crowney being super fucking strong in the games and AD carry is just slightly weaker than it was in terms of like, you don't have BT with like a 700 health shield on top of everything um, anymore. So you're just more killable. And I don't think that in team fights, his team played around him that phenomenally. A lot of the times he was just super far ahead and he was able to carry the fight from there. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not super thrilled with, with BDS. Also, it kind of felt like one of those things where, everyone was playing at their max level in, in spring. It didn't feel like these players are actually as good as they were performing. Like, dude, I mean, we talked about it on the show. No one was sitting there like, yeah, I think next split Nuck's just going to be better. Like, he's just going to be the best mid laner in LEC. And and yeah, you know what? Shale, he's also going to be the best jungler. That's almost a perfect storm. So yeah, I'm, I'm not super hopeful for BDS. I don't think they'll be bad. I just don't think that they'll be a top team. I mean, I, I, we'll get to the ranking later, but don't worry. I've got some slander in there for BDS. And all okay. I'm saying is this. I'm, I'm play, it's like we always talk about with the like perks angle, et cetera. I'm playing the long game, guys. I, I'm, I'm invested in these stocks waiting for the payoff later. So the reason I'm shorting certain players in BDS, it's because it's inevitable. Like, first of all, the Adam one, 
It wasn't even oh, always man. that good when it's his best split. That is going to fall off like a motherfucker. Like, surely there's no... This split, he has to be exposed properly, this split, mate. It has to be, right? Yeah, I mean, look... I, I made the most money on the Adam stock out of anyone because when he was like second in, in, in 2021, I sold hard and then he just ran it the fuck down. And then I bought in when he was like 10th place and now I'm selling again. Like this, this <laughs> okay. guy is literally just making me insane okay. amounts of money. I'm selling right now. I refuse to believe that it's going to keep on going on. At okay. some point, people are going to just do what they did in this playoffs. Be like, yeah, you can just ban the Darius and the Olaf, and then you have a Malphite TP roaming at level five with a Doran's ring down 150 CS with Comet in lane. That's what you can do to this guy. So I think that now people are going to just draft the way that other teams prove to, to be effective against BDS because it felt like when you were watching BDS before, I mean, how many games did we see? Even the Vitality series, the one in uh, winner bracket finals. It was just the same thing that you expected, right? It was like, oh, well, I guess he's playing Darius. It's not a great Darius matchup, but he's still playing it. And even if he's behind in lane, he's going to be useful in the fights. Just ban his champions, man. Just drop the ego and ban his champions. I think that that's one of the biggest issues I see with LEC is in general, people just give the the person's best champion way too much. We saw it with Evie's Cassante earlier in the split. Uh, we saw it with the Draven. Like the fact that Hans got Draven at all that's in spring all. split is mind-boggling based off what he did in in um in the winter split and then obviously that adam played how many games on darius and olaf uh, throughout the split it was like what like 12 total uh across the the splits it's just way too many games on things that you know the person is good at oh Take absolutely and that also what we need obviously at this point in it's time Gragas, we need one. you know like there's those twitter accounts for like certain cryptocurrencies where it's like you know whale alert they've sold this many of the coins it's worth this much like we need one of those yeah. for dom's opinions so it's just like so you know that when it's like whale alert dom's cashed out all his adam shit like you got to just get the fuck out of that at that point in time stop thinking <laughs> they're going to be good don't shit like it's over for them at that point you have to know that's the canary in the coal mine as soon as dom exits <laughs> that's it basically he's like I'll make this not as edgy. He's like a relative of, let's say, the Speaker of the House in America. He just magically, whatever, you know, whatever seems to be coming up in two weeks, they just they just know what moves to make, don't they? Oh, we're not cancelled, hopefully. Yeah, I, can't, I mean, that's sort of vaguely all right enough. Then again, by the way, just as an aside, insider trading, okay, people perfect. don't know, I'll even tell you a little example of like how actually I do always like, because you have to know, there's a famous saying, Dom, to know where the line is, you have to go over it sometimes. Well, once <laughs> the last time I did a CSGO event was actually the major in late 2021, PGL Stockholm, which was the most viewed CS major ever. And during one of the desk segments, I did make a joke where there's this team that called Virtus Pro that their style was just like, they just draw the game out and they make it like a really late game affair and they make it's like it's super like fucking tense and then basically they mm -hmm. beat people by being like clutch at the end and making other teams frustrated and so and so i made this joke where i said they're harder to beat than a viagra addict and then you know as you do with comedy <laughs> when you make the joke that you did have planned in your brain when it hits and you see people laughing you do what your comedians call tag it you try and add a little something extra on top right so then when i saw that people were laughing in the studio i just go Joe Biden. And as I said, oh, Joe Biden, on stream, by the way, I looked over, <laughs> and on the camera angle, it's just me and the other panel here, right? And so you don't see Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis was my host over on the other side of the screen. And I just see him looking, laughing at the first part, like, Viagra. And then when I say Joe Biden, because in his brain, he's thinking, oh, it's going to be like an international incident now. I just see his whole face just drop, like, and he does that, like, 
Because <laughs> he's just thinking, like, you've just got this whole thing shut down now. We're going to probably get the stream together. Luckily, nothing happened, though. Nothing. It's all good. You yeah. know? It's, so Thorne is the reason why CSGO died and has to take money from Saudi Arabia. There you go. You created Frankie Ward. Okay, now, now we figured it all out. <laughs> some ways I did, mate. In some ways I did. <laughs> right. Perfect. What Perfect. about this? So... On the BDS one, I'm also with you. I just think they, they fall off this split. And I don't, by the way, here's the thing. If they don't, I'll give them mad props and I'll especially think the coaches that must be fucking geniuses. So fair play, I'm prepped for that one already. Right, another team we have to talk about. I thought about saving it till later, but fuck it. Let's just, let's just actually like set off all the fireworks now. Vitality? Oh, don't worry. If you okay. think if you think I'll learn my lesson earlier, you don't know me, Dom. I'm like fucking that shit Christians Christiansen, Anakin Skywalker, like I'm a slow learner. Like, mate, I actually, I first of all, I am an insane stand for perks. Like, I just yeah. accept it. I used to before, but like, you guys just don't know how good he is. Like, even when he's bad, I think he's still good. So I understand that. I understand I don't even have rose tinted glasses. I just have like G2 2019 glasses on. Like, looks great to me when you talk about it. I think he's going to win the game. So first of all, I believe he'll still be one of the best mid laners. That's right. I didn't give a fuck. And then secondly, <laughs> because the whole premise of this team, the whole time when they had born Photon in split one, when they got upset last week, and by the way, upset looked great the whole time pretty much. Basically, I still think that I'd be a fool to go out if we use the stock analogy now. I'd be a fool to sell now, Dom. Now's in theory. Yeah, you've already I, lost you, so much money you, already. Like, <laughs> This is when I actually still have a chance they can succeed. Like, I'd be a, yep. an idiot to sell now because to me, it's only like one or two players have to slightly change how they play in the big game. Keyword, in the big games. They weren't even bad until the fucking playoffs, guys. Why is everyone acting like they were? In the regular split, they already lost to the top three teams. In the groups, they fucking won. And then it's just the playoffs where they semi-shit the bed. So to me, I'm not I'm not pulling out there. Yeah, I mean, out. I kind of cope myself into it, but in a different way, which is that I think that like now they number one, they had a roster change in between splits, right? Which obviously changes the dynamic of of the team. Upset teams look different than other teams, and I felt like the main thing about about Vitality and, and we talked about it on the show was that in these games, like you know, they always criticize Upset. Oh, he gets all the fucking resources. Well, in the Vitality games, they just didn't play through anyone. They were trying to go top for Photon. It didn't amount to anything within the games. And then Upset wasn't strong either, so they just lost. I think that this team would literally just be better if they were an Upset team. I think playing bot side is anyways, yep. like this is probably one of the best times to play bot side in the history of League of Legends. When you look at how the game operates right now and all the picks, like that should be your advantage over other teams is that you have the most consistent carry. So if you're able to put resources into upset, he should be able to carry um, the game. So I cope myself into believing in Vitality. Number one, because of that. And number two, because I think the jungle meta is better um, right now for Bo than it was previously. The fact that Kha'Zix is now in the meta, like Viego is coming back. If it's Viego, Vi, Wukong, like his Vi was a little sus. Like maybe you can just ban that every time. But like Vi, Wukong... Uh, Viego Kazakhs, I think that's much better than we were when we were in like the Sejuani meta. I just never felt like Maokai Sejuani was really bow at his best. So I think with those two things, it should be should be better for um, Vitality than it was in the previous split. And also, there's the other thing. It's like, like I said, I also just ref I, listen. I'll give people photon play like shit in the playoffs. Bo had some games where he did just look broken. He just like he wasn't even himself. Perks had some games which were semi dodgy. Kaiser was all right up and down the whole split. Upset, I think, was just really good. Like, I think there's a world where if it wasn't for the fact Crowley was doing all those things and being upset was the second best ADC for me. I don't care what anyone says. Like, I think he was still a really good player. As you say, it's his first split of the year. Like, I, the thing about upset that makes it so easy to double down on him. Is 
because he's so fucking consistent. Like, he's one of those players who just knows his game. He knows how he's going to play, how he wants to play. He's not someone who's making, like, weird, like, irrational, like, errors and just, like, fucking, oh, why did he pick that? Does he make sense? Like, his game makes sense to me. He's one of those players, I can, it's like a, a bedrock for me. So, I, like I say, I don't give a fuck. You'll see later, but spoiler, I'm just going all in again. I don't give a fuck, boys. I'm going for it all. I'm going for it all. Don't even worry about it. Right. Let's talk about how about the champions of the split. Like already, I can tell you, <laughs> not just because of MSI, even though they're the, the reigning champions, guys, This is and they've been in both finals of the splits, this is probably going to be some mad line slander, I feel like. <laughs> oh, of course. If there's, if there's a team that, again, I'm going to do the opposite. You know, I keep going all in on Vitality and they don't actually fully deliver. Every time I'm going to go against Mad Lions. I'm shorting Mad Lions again. I'm going to be shorting them again. Spoiler, I'll say it for the millionth time. That's right. You gave me that gift, Reckless, and I really appreciate it. You know, I wondered if you should come back to LEC, but after I saw you throw a whole series just on a stupid flash fail, which allowed <laughs> shitter Mad Lions to win and then humiliate our whole region, I actually thought to myself, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for coming back. I really appreciate it. If I Literally, I mean, to be fair, that was also Dom. If he never Roll swaps back to ADC. That is the last play of his legendary ADC career. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And for me, oh my god, he didn't do that, did it? He could have explained one more split. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Like, it always says this guy's if he never comes back, if he stays support forever, when he retires, I'll just do a thing where it's like, like me watching the last moment, like one tear in my eye, like, yeah, it's a, it's a sad day for him, like. No, Thorne is like I am with this type of stuff. Like, if he didn't want me to flame him, then he wouldn't have fail flashed and into the whole game. Like, it's his choice at the end of the day. Yeah. I didn't make him do that. Exactly. Like, he chose. His, he chose his, to hit the whole his game. choice. Yeah, I believe in. I believe in ADC's rights. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually. Like, I'm. I'm actually petitioning right now on, on, Twitter. On, on Twitter to remove AD carry rights like one at a time. Like that, that's that's where I'm going with things. But anyway, the point was. Uh, in, inadvertently, Reckless also just entered MSI because he allowed Mad Lions to go to MSI and as a result, fucking up. Because, spoiler, I don't believe in Mad Lions, mate. Like, they're another team, a bit like BDS, where, look, God bless Mac, whatever he does, he obviously fucking works his magic. They locked into a few things, like they found, like, they could work, like, the fucking Jinx work on Kazi and stuff like that. I just don't believe they can do it again, mate. Like, they have some play. Oh, I'll tell you the other player as well. Mate... That chasey guy, like, he may as well retire now. It's never it's never going to be that good again. And also, it was slightly <laughs> overblown a... even then. It just isn't. Like, dude, he's a coin flipper. But he got to look like, oh, my God, is he the best top lane? Like, if he's the best Western top lane, we're in fucking trouble. I know you obviously, like, include the fact that he's Korean. But, like, we're in hmm. trouble if he's the best boy. So, I just think this is a team where... I have them as like a playoff team. They can maybe be fourth or fifth. Like, we'll get to it soon. But I don't think they're going to be an elite team. I don't think they can win. Are you going differently? No, I, 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 I completely agree. And something that I just thought about is how much of a dream must it be to be Chasey? And in your finals, it's reminiscent to me of the Armut finals. You get to play against Adam off his, his Darius and off his Olaf. Like wow, how man. much of a dream is that for your, your finals and you're playing like the Jason, all this type of stuff. It's one of the best situations ever. It reminds me of when Armut played that finals versus Adam in 2021 summer where he was playing the GP and he's up like 40 CS in lane. And you're like, holy shit, Armut's legit, bro. He's, he's the real deal. I was like bought in. I'm like, shit, he's clutch, bro. He gets it together when it matters. And then yeah. you think about it, it's like, wait, that's just, that is just factually the best player for him to play against. That is by far the best player to play against when he's off his one tricks. So 
I don't believe in Chasey. Uh, I just think it's funny know, that we're a, like slandering him. Why Armut just doesn't have a career now if people don't know. Like, I know you go, did he go to us? It didn't work out there either. Like, spoiler, it's <laughs> like, they should just, I should just do it. I've thought about doing this in the past or maybe I'll do it. I should just do a show where it's me as a fake news announcer, but it has like all the setups. So it looks like I'm like, did it, did it, like, oh, breaking news. It's like, I'm coming in like, and on today's top stories, Turkish man finally apprehended by Interpol for stealing checks for over two and a half years ago. He evaded <laughs> for three years with fake identities, such as being a LEC top player and attending. But he fucked up by attending international tournaments where finally our agents were able to locate. Like, like dude, it's so insane. He got like a three-year career out of that shit. And the that worst thing is I had to keep even saying to him, like, you are a two-time champion. Like, oh, I die inside with all the great players I know. Never won LEC. This guy is, he's walking around with like two rings on like what up motherfucker yeah these no, motherfuckers. like give me a break i can't it's really tough <laughs> it, it's really tough when you have like players like like alfari who have just never won you have players like upset who's never won a ring and it's like armut just got two of them motherfuckers like he just doesn't upset, that quote that everyone was memeing on him for like i'm too good not to win and they were like lol you aren't you bitching armut's won two of these motherfuckers chips he's <laughs> yeah, no, for like, sure See that championship ring, baby? Like, yeah, get me the fuck out. Get me out of this simulation. Get this fucking matrix cord out of my neck right now. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. This is too much. This is too much. Yeah, it's too fucked up. It's too fucked up when people when people are like super against that uh, that type of idea. It's like, yeah, bro. Like, you have players that win that win championships that aren't even like top five when they're winning. Like you, you have people like Steelback that have been LEC champions, right? Like Steelback has an LEC championship, EU LCS at the time. Yeah, yeah. And and we're saying that upset is like doesn't deserve one. Like it's just how team sports work. Like some people are just too good to have not won. And then okay, what about this? I saved this one because I do think it's interesting, right? Obviously, the moves that uh, Heretics have done are actually pretty good. Like they brought in Vethio for mid, but remember. I, I actually asked around a lot. I didn't do a video on it yet, but I asked around a lot with like past teammates of some of these players that failed in Excel, coaches. I was asking, what's going on in the team? And basically what I was told by a whole bunch of people who know Vethio or VTO, as they say in French, is that he is the person where like you have to make him like comfortable, you have to set him up, and his jungle has to be on the same page. All these like, he has to, essentially, so he's not French? the guy you can okay. you can't just drop him in there and he can't just carry the game like a 1v9 player. He doesn't have that mentality. And in fact, it seems like if he doesn't have some of the things his way, he can play badly, actually. Well, first of all, he got probably the best fucking support of jungler ever produced in the West at a minimum, like in Jankos. Like, this is the dream for that sort of player. And then also at ADC. They swapped out Jack Spectra and they've got in fucking Flackhead, who this is one of those great moments, Tom, where everyone who watched this show last year will be like, you guys hate Flackhead, which we did address a million times. But spoiler, <laughs> no, I you'll never, we're never winning like that this. one. No, but I want him to be on a team like this. He actually is an LEC quality ADC. And this is mm -hmm. exactly the sort of team, by the way, where I want him to come in and play. Like, I actually think these moves are good. Like, I, spoiler, we'll get to where I haven't ranked later. I'm probably getting a bit silly, but I actually think this is going to be like, Problem is, if I say relevant, you're going to think championship team. Essentially, I think this team's going to make groups, but that way. I think they can actually yeah. be much better than people imagine. With that said, obviously, Ebby is still there, so I don't know how much that's going to color your fucking perception of this. So, so how do you know? It ruins everything for me. The, the one last joke I have is this, right? If you are Ebby and Mercer, just actually go and send like a flower basket and 10% of your salary for this split to fucking Ruby because he tanked all the abuse. Because I don't know. Mercer, I don't even get it. He must just be doing fucking Jedi mind tricks. Like they're walking in like, oh, where's uh, 
there is no support here. Like, oh, but that's, I think ADC's just fucking up the game. Here. Like, I don't know what he, he don't know what he's doing the whole time. Like, the spoiler is, if if Yumi is ever removed from League of Legends, he may as well just retire. Like, at that point in time, he'd have to use his hands or something. And then yeah. for fucking Ebby, like, it, it's just the really funny tweets that must be keeping him going. Oh, someone just really likes fucking Japanese people. I, I, I don't know how he's still in the team. So give me your thoughts on Herex. It's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? <laughs> I want I want to buy in on the the video redemption story, but man, I I, I can't get past Evie. I I really like he is so egregiously bad to me. He, he's one of the players that triggers me the most to watch because I feel like he's just completely clueless as to what's happening in the game. That's the biggest thing for me. It's not necessarily that like he like messes up mechanically in fights. I'm okay with people that mess up mechanically in fights sometimes. It's just the fact that it looks like he just doesn't understand what is happening in the game when it's happening. People say language barrier and all that stuff. I don't buy any of that. Like you see other players that have language barriers. If they're good as fuck players at the game and they've played in like major regions before, they know what the fuck is going on. They know what the right play is. He just looks completely unaware and he can't really team fight that well. I mean, even his Scion gameplay was like his Scion gameplay was horrible, man. He died like 13 times on a Scion. Then he played Gragas. He laid versus a Scion that wasn't in the lane. Adam was actually intentionally feeding this game. And I'll st stand by that. Adam was trying to lose that game as hard as humanly possible. He was inting the enemy jungler free kills. He was giving buffs. He was just walking around the map aimlessly. He TP'd in front of the bot lane. He was intentionally feeding. And Evie still was not able to be relevant in the game in a 1v0 lane. Like, I just can't believe that this guy is ever going to get better at this stuff because we saw almost no progress when it came from, like, week one until, you know, the, the last week of, of uh, spring. Like, week one of winter to the last week that they played in spring. There was almost no progress. He just looked like the same player. So I'm now supposed to believe that he is going to magically improve? I don't know. I, I don't think that, that, that it's something that, that I can believe. Second thing is... Mercer, man, how how bad must he feel seeing Jack Spectra be the one that gets benched? It's <laughs> just like he's just sitting there, and then it's like, all right, bye, Jack. Man. Sorry, bro. Like I kind of I kind of ended you for two whole splits, but you know, like better you than me. <laughs> and then he just fucking oh, pieces yeah. out to the Heretics Academy house. That is fucked up. But uh, no, I assume mean, he just goes up to Jack Spectra. And it is that moment out of the Dark Knight Rises, right? like they expect one of us in the wreckage brother it's like he just fucking <laughs> jetsons out with the fucking erratics playing like what the fuck what the hell like, yeah sorry jack see ya i'm out yeah i mean the only reason for the roster change i mean obviously jack Spectre wasn't the biggest issue on the team and i'm right. pretty sure they're not they're not delusional like he was probably the second best player on the team it's probably yankos and then yep. him and then everyone else under under that right the fact of the matter is that he's the only one that had a suitable replacement. When you look at every other player within like within the Heretics organization, their academy team, I don't think Ice Bisto can play in LEC. I've, I've watched a decent amount of his games. I don't think he's LEC level. Um, and then they're like, I just don't, I don't think that Heretics as a whole, like they didn't want to go with the Zywu move because um, they could get Vedio, which is, which is an upgrade. So the fuck it is just the guy who they're going to end up putting in because he's the one that was an LEC. And then also he has like previous experience with Yankos. They know how they play together. It's good team environment, all that type of stuff. So I don't think Jack necessarily got benched because Jack was bad. It's more that Flockett was the best out of all the options by far. Exactly. Mercer should just rename himself to, I am Jack's complete lack of a functional support. Shout out Fight Club, <laughs> people know the reference there. Right, pretty old movie for you guys, but for me, it was actually like a cool movie in my youth. Yeah, it was well, like in your 30s I mean, when it came yeah, out. There you go. Right, <laughs> here's the other reason, though, why I also do believe in heretics. One, I do sort of like secretly believe Vethio's going to come back, and I think Jankos is going to help it. But another reason why is... Now the actual Peter Dunn factor, I mean, I already think he was working miracles getting some of the fucking wins out of this team, but the old lineup. But I think it, it applies in this one, mate. 
Peter Don, here's all you need to know. Yeah, you're all thinking, Flackhead, you know, he's like an all right ADC, but he's not some star player. Here's how I know that fucking Peter Dunn can make it so that in an ADC meta that Flackhead gets fed. Because Peter Don was even able to get Danny fed, and the Evil Geniuses organization couldn't do that. <laughs> okay, come on, man. The setup there, holy shit! It was a Nicola point reference the whole time. I thought it was a point about like why why eighty carries could thrive within the heretic system. No, holy no, wasn't. You know, I did the old, you know, you didn't know what I was. I was like drifting something behind it. NASCAR style. That the last second it took over, they won the race. You thinking that like going on year number four of us doing talk shows, I'd be able to you know kind of figure right. out what, where you're going with things. No. No, okay, that caught me off guard. Jeez. What do you think, though? Because like, let's be real. Like, if 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 you just like with Mac, if you actually give them some good pieces, I do think Peter Dunn, I mean Mac's one of his proteges, he can make miracles work compared to some of the other coaches in the league. Yeah, I mean, it's just still weird to me. The whole thing doesn't even feel like a Peter Dunn operation. If you think about how Peter Dunn has like cultivated talent and what his philosophy has been in every other organization that he's been in. It's all been about like getting young players and giving them time and building them up and then having a good team. Like when it matters, you know, in a year's time, half a year's time, whatever. Jack Spectra is like the new AD carry, right? The team was not set up for him to succeed. He gets benched after what he played nine games in spring. And then he played a total of like 15. So he got like 24 games and he's just benched after that. Um, in, in the whole half year, the two players that they got were like Evie, Evie and Ruby, right? And Evie and Ruby were both players that are older and players that have been playing for a long time, which is normally not, not what he likes. Um, and yeah, like the, the whole, the, even the replacements don't, don't even make much sense compared to like what he has done previously. So it's, I, I want, I really, it's just really weird for me to see because I just don't know how Peter Dunn, like, I don't know if he changed his philosophy, if there's pressure from other places to like get these players in. I know that like Flockett is really popular and Heretics is an organization yeah. that really, really likes him. <laughs> I'm just not sure how everything's working there because it doesn't seem like every other people. We've seen a lot of Peter Dunn teams, like every Splice and Mad Lions team. Like we saw him for years work his magic. He did the same thing in EG. Um, and then this is the exact opposite to everything he's done previously. Yeah, also, as you mentioned there, another reason why you want Flackhead, which is a downside if you Jack Spectre, is Heretics is a Spanish org, guys. So, like, they want Spanish players if they can. Mm -hmm. Here's one thing I will say, though. Get ready, Dom, because if Heretics does struggle, oh, that's right, we're going to be in Mad Lions territory. So you're telling me we've got a French player at mid lane and we've got a fucking Spanish player at ADC, the two traditional carry roles in the LEC. Oh, and no. And if lose, it's just going to be that fucking war on Twitter, isn't it? It's going to be like, I piss in your mother's open gaping face. like, And then people are just like, <laughs> riots just like, uh, sorry, uh, no, no, I'm yeah. Espanol, just letting it pass. Like, oh, that's okay. Just keep going on the broadcast. Yeah, like, no. The, the, that, that war is wild between those two countries on Twitter. They're fucking savage. The, the, no, it's, it's crazy because you'll get that like, yeah, we're going to piss in your mother's gaping face and then you'll have like a Spanish guy come in. It's like, actually, the connotation in Spanish is just like saying like, shut up or something. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, I mean, I guess like, <laughs> You're I ran the translate. Literally, I guess, yeah, no, exactly. yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not from Spain, so I can't really argue with you. But... <laughs> It's, that's all. If you don't know, they always try to imply there's some fucked up cultural context that makes it okay. <laughs> that's a bit like there's another one, right, that Richard once told me. That he used to have a mate who's from Greece. And as people will know from people like Forgiven, people from Greece can be mad spicy, right? And he told me they used to have a saying that they would say. And it was just supposed to mean sort of like, I'll fuck you up or something. But when he would say it, it was like, Makala. it actually <laughs> translated to, I will fuck and rip your asshole. <laughs> 
<laughs> but, but why the written part? Like that part. Like again, I'm not buying that totally, Dom. I don't know if that ever could just be like. That's like saying, you know, fuck you, man. I, I'm gonna win this game. Like, why the ripping of the asshole? Why? Why that? Why are you doing damage to it? Like, what the fuck, dude? Why? Yeah, everyone likes to make out like you know, British people are all toxic. Americans are talking shit. Like, bro, we're fucking like schoolgirls compared to these people. We're just like, hey, you, you stink. You boo. And then everyone's telling them you're the most toxic piece of shit on the internet. Then they're just like, fuck and rip your asshole. Like, fuck. why is it bad him? That's TOS. Bad this motherfucker. It's just unacceptable, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, Jesus, man. Bringing it back, I do low-key believe in the Rex, but like I said, to make groups. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. We're not going further than that. We'll see. Well, basically, we'll see if Ebby can somehow fucking walk the Armut tightrope once again. Except to be fair, Armut at least had champions. He just has Kisante being. I've said this before. He's not Dom. even good at Cassante. That's the worst part of it. He's not actually even good at Cassante. When you look at top tier Cassantes, you're like, like, just look at Eastern Cassantes in general. When you see like faker Cassante, like his Cassante is top tier. You're like, damn, like yeah. that champion is fucking broken. When you see Shanji Cassante, you're like, yeah, no wonder it's fucking banned against him every single game. This champion is un like, you cannot play against this champion. Then we see Evie Cassante. It's like, and he got a solo kill. He's not really that useful in Tifa. Oh, like the ult is kind of weird. Shouldn't he have kept his resistances here? I mean, I guess it's better than his normal champions. He kind of won his lane. That's how you feel about Evie Cassante. And also, he was playing the Cassante. When he was getting all those Cassante games and he was making his name as a Cassante player, it was like release most broken yep. fucking Cassante in the game. And it's been nerfed since then. So. Yes. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a huge believer. I just I don't think that there's many redeemable qualities from Evie's game. I mean, he seems like a nice guy. He's doing the thumbs up. That's kind of cool. Got some personality going. Seems like he tweets some funny things. Just the gameplay part that's the issue that I have. There's the problem I have with that echo uh, the fucking Cassant is. It reminds me of when people used to play those tank Echo Dom where they could actually do fucking damage but they were just building tank items and obviously it's got all those ridiculous like get in and out and dash like that 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 champion was just busted but the problem is it wasn't busted like it's not like the best players all played it and carried in the LEC it was more like it was busted to bring like shitter players up to like a level that they couldn't essentially it was like a fucking life preserver it just kept them alive in a way they shouldn't have been in the game to me so that's why I sort of agree especially once the split went on he, he is a mad liability that happy guy it's just that people like him so they just don't want to flame him that's, that's it as far as I can tell it's the only thing that's keeping him going. It's the only yeah. thing. I mean, he just seems like, a, like he's he's hard to flame, you know? He's like he, he's not like somebody like upset where he says something that's like controversial and you're like, oh, he talks some shit? Like, I'm going to get him back for that. Uh, that's what fans love to do. You know, uh, it's, Evie's different. Like, it, it hurts to flame him. But at some point when you play bad enough, you just like, you have to be honest about what's going on in the yeah. games. And he's just a massive liability. It is what it is. He was a massive liability for pretty much the entirety of the of the year to this point. So well, people have to realize though, Dom is like one of those creatures in black in Magic the Gathering. He's willing to do damage to himself in order to yeah. do damage to the opponent. Like he'll take two damage to like remove one creature to the enemy's graveyard, basically. 100%. Like, yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's what I do at T1 all day. Like I get so much like hate for it, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's worth it in the long it run. Is. I feel like I'm doing like a, a good deed you know yes. it makes me have that warm fuzzy feeling inside when i you know tweet about how yagawa is faker's father 
Who wants to greatest takes of all time? Dude, the only thing about that is I, I just hope one day you get to experience what I did, which is this is where I know I am a, a little bit toxic. I'm not fully toxic if people make out. Some of it is just entertainment. But when I knew I am a little bit fucked up and toxic, because I do enjoy Shard and Freud way too much. Like, spoiler, you guys think I'm not loving the fact that TSM signed Ruby. It's like, oh, I can't wait. Start <laughs> yeah, no, sure. already. You know what I mean? I'm already loving that. But even better, right? When you talk about all those players, right? Normally, especially if it's an Asian player, you know that, like, it doesn't matter. He's never going to hear what I said. I've told this story before. When I did that video where Koma kept, like, subbing Faker out, in, like, the MSI final in 2015, he was only bringing him in when they were down, like, two games or whatever. I did a video, and the title of the video was Koma is Ruining Esports History. Because my analogy <laughs> was, it's like if you, like, didn't play Michael Jordan because he didn't have to in the finals. So we didn't get to see Michael Jordan play. And because of our foot, because this was, like, the era when I was hitting my peak, and I was even in Korea at the time. Apparently, because once he told me this, word did get back to Koma that, like, I made this video on. He was like, what? Like, he just heard the title. Was like, remember, he's, like, winning everything, one world. It was like, you're ruining, this guy says you're ruining esports. So I sort of low-key do hope that, like, somehow Faker just hears one day, like, oh, you know the uh, really famous, like, uh, streamer, Dom, in the West? Yeah, he says that um, Yagao was your father. Like, <laughs> I want to see Faker just doing the question mark, question mark, like that fucking Nick Young, like, Someone make yeah. that Photoshop right now. Figure. Well, I, I've got a, I've got some info for you, Thornton. So so this is this is where I'm different than you. Like you you put that stuff out and you're like, oh, he'll probably never hear what I say. For me, it's like, how can I get them to hear what I say? So right now, I am in talks with Monty. I've already like I've already hired people to put a truck outside of Lull Park for the LCK. I am okay. currently in the process of buying a truck. Okay, Paula. To truck the LCK to try to just put like just try, try to put some slander up there. So like I, I'm I'm actually like I'm even more fucked up than you, Thor. And I'm I'm actively trying to get people to see the flame. You should just get a truck <laughs> that just says BLG would win LCK. <laughs> I, bet, I bet they'll just cut to like a news shot and there's all people just like pushing the truck. I'm like. Argh! <laughs> it's rocking it over completely yeah there's a couple of things i've done like uh, you know like uh, i've i've looked at different options what i'm trying to see is if i can get animations on the truck is it only words or could i get like a huge one of my 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 run emotes that i have yeah. an iwd run emote that's just my face like completely distorted just running and it just looks like like an absolute creature and i just want lpl greater than lck and then my run emote people are gonna fucking be spamming it in the chat that's what i'm looking for right now that that's that's what i'm looking to 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 put right now in front of Lull Park. So we'll see if it happens. You know, I'm, I'm willing to pay. Monty's like, it's going to be expensive. Are you sure you want to do this? Yes. Oh, yes. Like, Something like, like just as a gift to yourself, Dom. Yeah, 100%. No, I mean, it's the, it's the same thing we just talked about. I'm, I'm literally a black player in Magic the Gathering where I am taking damage to inflict it on the opponent. Yes. Right. What about this? It's always been the team on this show that we've scrutinized a lot. It's obviously Koi, the former rogue. And they have done that swap where... They've got Advien from Fnatic, and then out goes Trimby, and then we'll get to that later. Obviously, Trimby himself went to Fnatic. It's like a swap, right? What are your thoughts on this move, and what about Koi for this split? It's weird to me. It's a really weird move to me, especially, like, the way it came about, where apparently, like, they wanted to replace Trimby. You know, this wasn't something where, like, Trimby asked to leave. From what I've heard, this is something that, like, Koi decided as a team that they needed to, like, have a change. When I looked at Koi, I always thought that Trimby was like the focal point. He was the like shot caller of the team. He was the one that they would even draft around. Like a lot of their strategies when they were winning were 
things where they would leave support counterpick to last pick and he would pull out like a Soraka, you know, even the NASA support at Worlds, for example. He's always had so much agency within the team. So I, I thought that that was something that they were all on board with and they thought that was a major advantage. It seems like that was actually not something that people really wanted to do all the time. Um, so I always thought Trimby was an insane player. I mean, I think he's a much better player than Advian. Um, so I don't think it's good for, for Koi on the surface, but I guess we'll see if the, you know, them having a, a lineup that they have more confidence in or a lineup that they really want is going to be beneficial for them just environment wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Trimby is one of the best supports in, in EU. I think when you look at all styles, the thing that I thought he always had over Mickey X and Hilly was that he was a better enchanter player. He could play things like Soraka. He could play, you know, Lulu, Nami. He was better at those champions than, uh, you know, Mickey X, better um, than Hilly at those types of champions. More versatile, essentially. Um, and yeah, I mean, right now it should be a good meta for him. Obviously, coming into this year, I thought he was going to be much better than, than he was, but I wouldn't say that he was the reason that Koi was bad. If I was going to put blame on people in the bot lane, I, I would put more blame on Comp. It seemed like Comp was having really rough lane phases. The other thing is, for me, I, I actually don't believe in this Koi lineup at all now. Like, I actually do think, I don't care what anyone thinks, I actually think Larson was the best mid-last split. True, we didn't get into the playoffs, he couldn't prove it, he couldn't get the games where you could really, like, force the all-LEC slot, etc. But I thought he just played a great split. Like, at very few games, he was he was never close to the worst player on the team. Just was just good, carried a bunch of games. But this team right now looks like a nightmare for him. Because I'm with you on the Trimby angle. Look, Trimby did play badly in this last split and a half or so. And then Lane, him and Comp were pretty shit, even though they shot on paper have been good. But the problem I have is this. One... I've only ever seen Comp be good with Trimby. I remember Comp when he used to play with fucking, what's his name? The guy from fucking, uh, oh, fuck, what, who am I thinking of now? Who's the guy who plays in BDS? The Greek uh, one. Uh, Labrov? Labrov. Yeah, when he played with Labrov, they, they were both nothing. They were just whatever. Then the, I've seen him with Trimby, and that's when he looked at his peak. That's when he was looking good. They were getting into the team fights, doing mega. And the problem I have is, like, the champion pool of Trimby was always a massive advantage, like you're saying. Like, it just allowed so many combos, so many comps to play. Advien's just an all right player. And if you even look at his champion pool, I don't really see how this is going to work, mate. Like, how's this going to make them a better bot lane? Like, even in, like in the long run, I would have gambled on Trimby just making a return. I would just hope and pray for it, basically. I don't see how this move. It's not an upgrade. It's not, it's a side grade. So to me, I just don't say, I think, I this, think team's just, this team's just bad, mate. Like I think Malrung's, he's been exposed years ago at this point in time. He's sus as fuck. He doesn't even coin flip. He wins like what, one out of three or four games out of the jungle matchup. Maybe they can have some games. To be fair, one thing I'll say as an X factor is they did actually have, like Shigenda did have better and better games last split as it went on and had some performances where he looked like he could carry. Maybe he can give a few carry games. But I actually think Koi, this is going to be their worst split ever in my opinion. I think this is even the split with it. Like I have them almost on the borderline to maybe not make groups. Like They're just like a low groups team for me. Yeah, I feel the same way. I just feel like they, they didn't get better from this. I don't see them having... Uh, yeah, stable enough players, unless Comp just has a massive return to form or something, or Shigenda is able to more consistently use his leads. It just feels like they're going to be the same exact team, but worse. I, I don't see how they get better from, from the swap. That's why the only angle I had was maybe like mentally within the team, they'll feel more comfortable and there'll be some advantage there. I don't think there'll be like a practical in-game advantage from this swap. Right, what about Astralis? Like this was a team where... There's, there's a world where people had them. Maybe they could have come forth. Maybe they could have made the playoffs. They were looking good at times. Obviously, the leader factor was interesting. 1-1-3 one, one, leveled up his game. For this split, what are your expectations? Like, Can they just keep running the same team? Can they be as good? Can they be better? I don't know if they can be better. 
I think it's hard. It's a harder split because I think like BDS, Vitality, G2, all these teams are just, I think, better than them. I would still think Matt is like probably better than them. And then uh, I, I think Fnatic is actually going to be pretty good this split as well. Like they'll be top five, top six. So I think maybe Astralis could be like sixth place. That's probably where I have them. Um, but I don't know if they'll be better than they were before, um, especially right now with like the meta. It seems like it would be pretty annoying to play leaders champions in the meta right now because of the fact that every game you're just running into like an Annie or something like that. Yeah, the other problem I have is like this is where leader and fucking just like I said about even if Larson's the best mid, it's not going to matter in Koi. The problem leader has the opposite problem. Larson's problem is he wants to be a player who's just a really good mid laner on a team that's like a complete team and then he can win. If you have leader, he has to do the crazy pop-offs on his bullshit picks. Otherwise, there's nothing. Like that's 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 like a massive factor for the team. So I, I think the problem with the, the team overall for me and Astralis is I actually think they were peaking last play. I think they did fuck up by not making playoffs. If they could have come fourth and mixed it up and come third, then it would have been interesting. So to, I actually I, I think yeah, they drop off a bit. For me, they're a team where it's like they make groups, but I don't think they get in the playoffs. Like, I, 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 the problem I have is I just like watching leader play it for fun, but I don't actually think fundamentally, like, it's not the right, even the team built around him, I would build a different team around him too. Like, I think there's just too many flaws in this team. Yeah. And I, I can't know how the jungle matchup's going to work this split. Like, is that right? Is he going to keep it going? Is he going to revert back to what it was like in winter? The one one three players still slightly his, sus to me. His group stage performance was really bad. One one three, he ran it down. He got abused by Bo when they played against each other and it just wasn't looking good for him. So I'm I'm not sold on him. I guess the question here is do you think that assuming Astralis makes groups, they finish more like fifth, sixth, or they finish seventh, eighth? Like are they being the third the third best team in their group or the fourth best team in their group? Like are they losing to everyone once group stage hits would be my my main question. Right, here's the thing. I know this is last second, but I'm going to do it anyway, right? So we'll talk a little bit while you do it, producer. But see this picture here? I want you to just put this picture on screen now as we talk, right? Because wait, wait until it comes on screen, Dom, before you react. But basically, when I saw this picture, it's actually from a very tragic story we're not going to get into. It's basically where there was a little kid, I think it was in like New York or something, did like the classic American dream from like Peanut Storm. He did a lemonade stand and some people came and actually robbed him and like fucked up his lemonade stand. But when I saw this image, Dom, tell me what's on screen, by the way. Just wait there a second. I'm just waiting for it to come up. But basically, when I saw this image, I actually thought for this show, like if you watch it, this is what Finn's going to look like at the end of this split. Look at the boy's face. This is what Finn is going to look and feel like at the end of this split. He's going to look like a little boy that had his lemonade stand taken from him. He thought he had a chance. Life gave him lemons. He's on Astralis. He's got one on three, but he was making lemonade. And you know what? Those big bad boys came in and they fucked him up. And he's going to look sad like that because that is fucking Finn. I don't know what he's doing as a child in New York selling lemonade. He might be just might be doing that to be fair next split, but. Dude, he's not even the worst player on this team. He's going to become a child next split. Like he's, he's not even the worst player on this team. Like, he's an all right player, actually. But this, this team's just a mess of a squad of players. Like, fair play if they win. I give them props. But I don't think fundamentally they're good. Whatever. I don't yeah. know. A bit of homework I did there. It's all right, folks. It's, it's, it's also a really tough... It looks like it's going to be a tough meta for Finn because Finn has always been pretty inconsistent. And right now, top lane is all about consistency. Can you pick a tank and just go even or better, like... Every single game, you cannot fall behind, but just don't donate the game, show up to team fights and play the team fights well. Where I always felt like Finn is the type of player where he's getting like a triple kill or he's running it the fuck down. Um, so it's really hard to just believe in him um, to play well for an entire split. That's the thing that that kind of sucked about 
last split for Astralis, it was like they were peaking. That was one of the times where Finn is playing well. You just yeah. never know when Finn is going to actually play well. But Finn was playing well. One one three was playing well. It looked like they were hitting like their stride, which is why they were um, the top seed in their group. And also, but then it all like, came down, and yeah, just just think about being Cobby. Cobby, one of the most consistent ADCs Europe's ever produced, was even having a fucking banger split this last one. He looked like a really strong player, one of the best at his role. He's even having carry games. Then he looks at the rest of his team. Remember, he's like a guy. He's like he's like the guy who's just invested every year in like the S and P five hundred. Dom, he took all his money earned, <laughs> he put it in, it did like eight percent annual growth. He's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> that's that literally nice, me, by the way. <laughs> meanwhile, by the way, as he's doing that, he looks down the line like, oh, what are my teammates doing? Though, you know, I obviously shared successes how we're going to accomplish this all of them he's got finn and leader at his solo lanes bro they're just pulling out their coins <laughs> then he looks over he's got one one three and then on the other side fucking young who's like get me pike lock pike it's like, <laughs> bro can i just have teammates like can i play on fnatic or something what the fuck is this can i well, can i get like larson as my mid laner can i just have a can i have a normal team so i can win the game because the big problem is even when we say that dom like oh it's an see meta where they can carry people forget this is where the roles aren't the same in league it's not really like that means if your best player is the adc he can just 1v9 from minute one of the game he's still the adc he has to be able to get to the items he has to be able to get to the fucking team fights he has to be able to actually not just like all day long so like the problem is i do think Kobe is really good actually i think he's one of the best one of the craziest renaissance years i've ever seen from a player mate it reminds me of when niski came back to europe and he was just leveling up every year like he looks mega but this team can't do it for you mate it's not enough there's not enough to do it yeah i'm really interested in Kobe's career i i feel like he's just in that that stage where just the better teams don't want to take a, like they, they he's like too known of a, of a quantity that people don't want to take like him, they'll always go for the one that has like yep. the potential to be the best. Like for example, Fnatic, right? Like this would be a time where it's like, oh, are you gonna like pay oh, for a buyout for copy? Yeah. It's like, no, bro. Like they need consistency. That's what they thought they yep. were getting with Reckless. We were saying the whole last split that Reckless was just copy light. That that was how they changed how copy used to be Reckless light, and then Reckless became copy light in the in the last split. He wasn't that consistent guy. He wasn't outputting damage. He was just kind of uh, the same way that copy was in relation to him. This would have been what the team would want. You have enough flippers on this team already. Like when you look at the team right now, and you have Oscar and in who's like relative, like pretty young player, um, extremely young player actually. And then you have Razork and Humanoid. Like you want some consistency in this team, but nope. Instead, they they double down on on Noah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it feels like Kobe's just never going to get that great opportunity again. He's just too known, and it's almost like when he does well, people just don't pay attention to it. So yeah, he's doing pretty well on a call, uh, on Astralis. People will acknowledge it. They'll say it but they don't want to play with him for some reason. No, no, here's the difference. Despite all the other factors they say, not only Fnatic, mate, if I'm someone like Mad Lions, I'd consider getting Kobe. Wouldn't that just make your team fucking banging at that point in time? Like, that's that's a move and a half you could make right there. I think, I think it's sad some of the teams that were overlooking this guy. Let's talk about the Fnatic move then, because I'm actually with you, Dom. Like, in a minute, we'll get to, like, the rankings or whatever. But I have them way higher than people think I'm going to. Like, I don't know anything about the fucking Noah guy. I have no idea what I'm supposed to believe about this guy. But I actually think a change of team for Trimby's interesting i also think actually like the oscarinin guy looked all right by the time he got a few games in and that was his first split and he's never played in lec so i'll give him a lot of fucking passes to get another chance now and then even though they still look they've never really got it together as and humanoid What's weird about them is, individually, they can be good players, though. Like, Razork, individually, 
bit shit for a jungler. Can be good. He can carry. And humanoid, look, he still had sus games, but he was better. He wasn't as bad. He wasn't as egregious. So it's like, I sort of feel like when you look at the league, I think once you get past the elite teams, it's pretty fucking wide open in the middle, mate. I think there's a lot of flawed teams, a lot of players I think are going to have down splits. I also have him, like, I have them as a group team at a minimum. I also think they're going to be one of those teams that, like, they can get, they can probably win some games in the groups. Like, I, I, I basically, we'll get to them in a minute, but I think they're going to be all right. I think Fnatic's going to be all right this split. Yeah, Razor Goys does this thing where he'll make me believe in him by just like grinding and like working really hard. And I'll, I'll look, I'll look at him and I'll be like, oh, that was like, he kind of ended the last split on a little bit of an up. And I'm like, what is he doing now though? Like, does he want it? And I'll go look at his solo queue rank and he'll be rank one or rank, I think he's rank two right now on the European ladder, spamming games. You look at him destroying every other fucking pro jungler in solo queue. And you're like, damn dude, this guy, like, how could he be bad? It's kind of like what LeBron would do where he would just hit rank one all the time. And you're like, can't mean nothing, right? Like, obviously it's not going to mean everything, but it can't, like, he can't be shit if he, if he's this good, like individually in solo queue. I don't know why he always makes me believe in him, but yeah, I just believe in him again. So I guess we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I feel like, like Razork will, will be solid. I mean, I just, I think that he is somebody who functions well when there's structure within a team. And before that structure was kind of coming from having a consistent player and upset. I think now the structure comes from Trimby. I think Trimby is somebody who's really good for a jungler to work with because he will calm you down in the game and be very clear about how he wants the game to play out. And it won't really be up to Razor. Like, I don't think Razor is going to have to be like, I'm fine. I'm going to engage. Like and he would do it and he would just fucking flash and ult into the whole team. They'd instantly lose the whole game. I don't think that there'll be that much of that because... I think Trimby will be able to organize the game somewhat, which is one of his biggest strengths as a player. Right, the last team is obviously SK Gaming. I've got to say, even though they haven't changed anything, and they were still at times looking all right until the groups really got going last split, I just feel like, I mean, I said it in the past one. I think they had their, their window was in winter. That was where it was looking awesome. Everything was going their way. The bot lane was awesome. Like, first of all, the bot lane isn't as good. The support player fucking just immediately like got exposed. Absurdus just hasn't had as many carry games as you want. The team's generally, it's not as good as people think anymore for me. So I actually have this team as like, I think they're going to be way worse this split. I have them quite low on my list. Like, I, I, I don't know where you're at. Where you, you actually believe in SK? Are they going to do a bounce back? No, I, I, I... Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think their their window was in winter and they just missed their window. I just can't see them improving that much from where they are. That's the biggest problem with them is I, I don't see these players as getting much better. And I, I, I think that the way that Exekick looked in um, spring was pretty damning. Like he didn't look like a rookie who, you know, was improving on his game. He kind of it kind of looked like he was just good in the meta in spring because it was the same as uh, summer of the previous year. So he already like had those champions down. But as the game changes, I don't know if he's going to be as 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 effective. And that was a requirement for SK to win games. They have weak side top laner. Sirtis was always like hit or miss. Even Marcoon was relatively hit or miss. And their bot lane was literally winning lane like every game. And even that, I mean, it was enough to make it to playoffs, but it wasn't enough to like win a split or anything. So if that's not happening, how good are they? To, to me, they're like seventh, eighth. They're, they're back to where I had them originally before the winter split started. Yes, and I'll just say this. I do think one of the better players the whole time in that team has been the guy irrelevant. But his playing style beyond that, like, weird Jack's pick, it's not to be the carry. And the problem is if your best player is going to be, like, the fucking weak side top laner, like, that's not going to make you win the game. It may be going to raise your floor, but you're not going to win the game off that. Like, by definition, you facilitate others. It's like, a tra it's like having impact on a bad team in LCS. Yeah, impact could be good, but how are you going to win the game? Like, you're not the one that puts the ball in the hole in this analogy. So I have them pretty low as well. Let's just do our ranking then. Let's start at 10. Who's number 10, Dom? Well, 
I mean, I, I, I didn't think I was going to end up doing this at the beginning of the episode, but I'm just going to have Excel there because I just don't think they improved much. So Excel <laughs> is my 10th uh, place. I also have Excel 10th. So basically, just fuck Excel. You know, there you go. Yeah, right, what about ninth? Ninth? Oh, ninth is hard. Ninth is hard. Actually, maybe I don't have SK. Um, yeah, I guess I would just have SK there. Oof, that's tough. Believe it or not, I also have SK ninth. And the reason why, like I say, here's the problem, like I say, once you get from about fifth to eighth or ninth, you can go any, it's just how you feel it. So I have to say I put them ninth because I just think to myself, I don't, I think the people are still thinking how good they looked in winter, mate. They're just remembering those games. And oh, it's like you, even Marcoon, right? On paper, Marcoon's the prize player. He's not like a truly fucking god tier. He's not a world-class jungler. He just looks good at times and he's above average always. So like that isn't enough either in my opinion. So I have the ninth. I'll do one first now. For number okay. eight, I have Astralis. Who are you okay. for eight? Who are you going with? Well, like eighth and seventh are the same thing, right? Because seventh and oh, eighth is yeah. just the same. Yeah, yes. because they're just going to be in opposite groups. So they're the exact same well, thing. I have Koi and Astralis seven and eight then. There you go. It's my seven yeah. and eight. I, I was going to go uh, Koi and Heretics, seventh and eighth. Okay. Yeah. Because then, maybe I've done my reveal now. I, I said, I think they can make groups. I have Heretics as my sixth team. Because I just look at, look, Jankos and Vethio, I think, can work together. Mercer already worked with Vethio and actually think Flacken's solid. Then I added the Peter Dunfat. Look, I agree. I think the Emmy guy's fucking, he has no business being there. But I think, but he's playing one of the weaker roles in our fucking region. I think that's enough. I think Jankos, Vethio and Flacken, if they get it together, that can get you into groups. You can win some games off that. Yeah, I mean, for me, I have, uh, I mean, fifth and sixth, once again, like the same thing because they're just going to be in opposite groups. Koi then? Um, no, I have, I have Koi seventh, eighth. So my oh, sorry, fifth yeah. and sixth would be Astralis and BDS. Oh, BDS, BDS would be okay. like, Ooh, that's even like, more slender than I was doing. Fair enough, okay. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't think it's going to be a great meta for them. Um, I think that the way they played was like pretty exploitable, and I don't think they have the upside of other teams. So I'll, I'll have BDS like fifth. Also, I will just throw this out there. I have a rule that plebs don't know about. I have like sort of a code that I do live by. And one of my code things is this. I don't ever tweet like at a pro player who's never interacted with me, never dissed me in any way. And like at their account, say someone blocked. That's the sort of thing a dickhead fan like you guys watching would do. I don't do that. I tweet or about me. them on my account and ask <laughs> whatever I want. It's just, it's just a code that I go by. But if you tweet at me and you try to engage me, then all bets are off, motherfucker. Now you just asked for it. So here's the thing. The other reason I low-key did want BDS to make it to an international player is, oh, I was going to wait until the second that BDS got banged out and eliminated. And I would have just tweeted the suck my dick, lol, suck my dick to knock the second he gets eliminated. And when he comes on and he opens that app, oh, that's right. The algo is going to make sure you see that one. Don't worry about that, brother. So, and I'm verified. So you'll be in that little fucking, you can't escape me in that tab, bro. I pay for Twitter <laughs> just to get in your fucking ass. So I, I was waiting for that moment. So, so I don't have them there. I actually have them like making fourth. I have them making the playoffs, but not being that good beyond that. Like I still think Crowley is really good. I think Shio's actually, I think he was the one. Everyone's looking at the look for, I think Shio was the one that actually impressed me the last split. I do think Adam has to get exposed. I think Nook's going to be a bit worse. I think Labrov was all right. Actually, Labrov showed me a little bit of split on split improvement. Maybe he can be better. So I, to, I still have him fourth because I have as my fifth, I have Fnatic. I think Fnatic can be fifth. Yeah, for me, I have uh, I have Fnatic in fourth. Ooh, so. That's bold. Brendan, you don't yeah, believe so I, in the Nook guy. It's pretty bold. 
And, I mean, I, I've I've seen him. I've seen him play. Like that was one thing is like I actually watched some of the Zero Tenacity games. He was. I mean, he played in EU Masters. He looked like a talent. And if you like go and watch a stream, he was another player. Like I, I'm somebody who does value solo queue somewhat when I'm okay. evaluating a new player coming in. Like how good are they mechanically? When you watch their screen, when you go to their stream and you watch their screen, how are they playing the game? And I thought he was really insane from from watching him. Also, I might be like biased because I, I I talked to Tree on a bunch of co-streams and he was the guy that put me on Noah. He was like, dude, this oh, okay. guy is the best player I've played with. And I was like, really? Like, who is he? And I checked him out. I was like, damn, he is pretty fucking good. So maybe I'm overrating Noah. I just have like very high opinion of him um, just from an individual perspective. Uh, so I have them fourth. I guess I'll go third now. So we're, we're um, changing out. So third, um, I have Mad Lions. Yes, I also have Mad Lions third. The problem okay. is we talked before, they're just a fundamentally flawed team. But at the end of the day, though, mate, they do still have Niski and Hillasang and fucking especially El Yoya. El Yoya could still be the best jungler, mate. So to me, like, the pieces are just there to be good enough to be playoff team. I just don't believe they can, like, I know everyone would say, everyone would say that in the last one. They can't win the best of fives to me. I don't think they're good enough as a team. It's another thing where, where I talked about earlier in the episode how in EU, people are allergic to banning somebody's best champions. How is Niski playing game four and game five of the finals on Gragas? How did he play three games of Gragas versus, versus G2? Like, he won five of the most important games on his signature champion. It just makes no sense to me. Like, he's he was so much better than everyone else on it. And it's not even, like, the stats of it. I know people are like, oh, he's like 99, or he's like 95% win rate or something, like, ridiculous. Or he played, like, 11 games and only lost one, which would be, like, 91% win rate or something. That's not even what I care about. Just visually, when you look at the game, he looks so fucking effective on the pick. You just ban it based off that alone. So... Um, yeah, now this is probably where we're going to have the inverse because I'm sure you have Vitality number one and yeah, G2 number two. Right. I just have Go the then. opposite. Go on then. Why yeah. do you have Vitality number two? I just can't. I don't believe in them being like good enough to actually win everything. And when I the way I kind of see it is if G2's on their best form and Vitality is on their best form, I still think G2 is just like a, a, a better team. I think they're just the, the most complete team in Europe to me. So, um, yeah, I just can't imagine Vitality fixing all their issues. They had so many issues, and I don't know if their individual talent can compensate. And I don't think they made enough progress in terms of uh, becoming cohesive as a team between winter and spring to make me think that they're somehow going to, like, shore up all those flaws for summer. <laughs> so, yeah. Here's the thing. We've already basically talked about Vitality, so I'll just explain it in classic Thorin fashion. So here's the reason why I believe in this lineup. Photon in the top lane... He'd be making light work of these motherfuckers. Bo, more like Bo Jackson, because this guy's a fucking mechanical phenom. Perks, okay. yes, one of the perks of his game is being clutch. And if the team around him is good enough, they are going to be upset. You bet Reckless fans will be when this guy wins the LEC this split, as Reckless is just watching from fucking who knows okay. where. And Kaiser, he may not be the king of supports, but you know what? It was all right last split, so, so good, so czar. <laughs> Did you write that down before, or was this just like on the fly? I, just came, I came up with it while you were talking. I, just, I did one for each one. It was just it was still a bit of wordplay. You know, you, you know I, I could tell because when I, when, when I was talking, I, I looked at you, and I saw you smirk to yourself as yeah. you were writing something That's down. I'm like, this motherfucker That's isn't listening to one word. Yes. He's got, he's got yeah. everything written down for the, yeah. the, the main thing anyway. So yeah, you know, I mean, you eat your heart out, Medic. Although, to be fair, then again, on the LEC... Someone would have just interrupted me as I made the second joke and ruined the whole thing and go, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a Danish guy and I'm just here stealing a check for something. So, oh, <laughs> is this still on? Uh, right, see you next week, guys, on the Best Damn League show.